Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Michelle Van Ness, and I am talking with Chasing Unicorns today. And I have a special guest, Aurora Marquez. Almost screwed that one up. Um, and she is actually an executive assistant for Amazon. So hi, Aurora. How are you doing? Hi. I'm doing really well, Michelle. Thank you for having me here today. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to hear all about what it's been like to be an EA. You've been there for a while. Um, if we've got anybody listening in already, let me know where you guys are from. I'd love to hear, you know, Cali's pretty warm right now. Is it warm across all the other states? I don't know. Um, so I actually want to start with something. Uh, it's a fun little activity, kind of breaks the ice as people are joining in. And um, it's basically one of those, it's, I want to know two truths and one lie. And I want to see if our audience members can actually guess which one is your lie. Okay. Well, I'm glad you given, you had given me a little bit of a heads up. And so I thought about it. I wanted it to be a good one. And here they go. One is I've traveled to 20 countries. Two. I speak three different languages and three, I met three of my siblings in my adult life. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to have to know the backstories on some of those. Um, <laughs> once you, once you tell your answer, but don't tell it yet, um, I'll give the audience a little bit of time to, you know, jump in and they can uh, leave the message or leave a comment. Um, until then, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in San Francisco and lived most of my life here in the Bay Area. I still reside in the Bay Area. And um, when I was going into my sophomore year of high school, my family up and moved to Windsor, California, which wasn't on the map at the time when I moved and um, now is like a little wine country town up by Hillsburg and Santa Rosa area. And then I finished out the last few years of high school there and went to the JC for a little bit trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And now I then returned back to the Bay Area for a while. And uh, there was an opportunity to attend a cultural studies program in Sacramento, which I did. And I was like early 20s at the time. And when I went, that was where um, I had actually experienced and kind of fumbled into becoming an EA. And so that pretty much just I embarked on that journey and have never looked back since. And now I've been an EA for almost 20 years now. And I still love it and think it's such an amazing career to be a part of. That sounds awesome. Um, I love the fact that you are a fellow Cali girl. Um, so am I. Um, looks like Stephanie is actually from Los Angeles. So we got another Cali girl in the house. Wonderful. <laughs> it's like flashing on my screen. Like, okay. Um, so... Tell me a little bit about the resources that you use to kind of get started in your journey as an EA. Um, what kind of happened? What kind of started it for you? Sure. I mean, and I'm, I'm aware that everyone has 
a different way on how their journey begun and then how it transitioned. So for me, um, it started where I really was um, going back to that school. I really was in a cultural studies program. The program was designed to essentially help write curriculum for different underdeveloped uh, communities, both within the Sacramento, California area, and then also extending internationally and helping other underprivileged communities around the world um, just, you know, better what it is that they were trying to better, whether it was a program that they had for homeless children in Brazil to a program that they were trying to help communities restore homes from the earthquakes that happened in El Salvador, or even just in our back backyard with um, group homes needing extra support for uh, kids, young people that were really needing that extra guidance. And um, in that process, I had the executive the executive director had asked me, you know, what do you think about being my EA? He's like, I like your personality. I like the way that, you know, you work with others. And I didn't quite understand what that was because I didn't know what an EA was at the time. And that's what I asked. I'm like, what's an EA? And so, you know, he kind of chuckled and then he began to just give me like a verbal job description of what it would be to support him. And I thought, well, you know, it'd be great to earn a little bit of money. It'd be also great to have the learning experience because then after school, see what happens. And um, that's where like my journey began. So what I would say as a resource for what for me beginning was someone who took notice in me, wanted to invest in me, and then me saying yes. Me saying like, okay, you know, sure, I'll sign up for that. Um, being open and a little bit vulnerable, not, you know, I didn't know the role, I didn't want to pretend like I did. And also, also asking for that extra guidance, you know, I told the executive director, you're going to need to walk me through what that looks like and guide me and mentor me essentially along the way. And um, because he sought after me, it was um, a little bit comforting on my end to be able to ask those questions and to be able to, you know, it was a desire that I had to want to be there. So I was just, I'm naturally inquisitive. Um, you can ask my sisters, I'll tell you all the time, you know, the more questions I can ask, the better informed I feel. And I think just the more confident I feel about it and just to not be afraid of, you know, asking questions. And I'd say for that season, which I was there for about four years was really what established me at least understanding the basics of being an EA. And um, the takeaways or the resources from there was then taking the knowledge that I had thus far. I was moving now back to the Bay Area. I was done with my time in Sacramento and I wanted to be home closer to my family and my friends. And um, I needed to take that experience and then, you know, translate it on paper, essentially a resume, which I think we can all say can, or at least for the most, at least for me, it's daunting. And it's super difficult. But I mean, you know, after 20 years of being in the business, I feel like now I'm a pro at writing a resume and can actually help others as well, you know, find refine theirs. Um, and I still have, I still ask for help in that area as well. But I would say for that first four years, then transitioning, it was all about understanding what a resume could look like in reflecting who I am and then taking me on to that next journey. Um, yeah, does that kind of help at least start answering the question? Yeah, no, it does. And the fact that you speak to resumes, um, it's 
you know, I, I don't think anybody watching is there and going, oh, yeah, let's do a resume. No one's raising their hand to want to do them. Um, they are daunting. And, you know, it's hard to write things about yourself and, um, you know, put down your skill set and like, well, am I bragging? Like, is this what they want to read? Like, you're trying to play both fields. Like, you're trying to sell yourself, but then you're you're trying to get them to buy, you know, buy you in at the same time. So, yeah. um, you know, and the fact that, you know, somebody took started with you and they had worked with you and they saw what you had. And I think a lot of being an EA is a lot of the qualities that you talk about. So they're like, well, I already know she has the qualities. She just needs the guidance to do the job. And mm -hmm. clearly he saw that in you, you know, and quote, I would say he took a chance, but I think he already knew what he was getting when otherwise he wouldn't have approached you. And, you know, he was like, no, I, I want to work with you. I like working with you. It's you guys already have an established relationship and half the time that's what it is. You could be great at computer skills, but it's that personal relationship you have with the people that you support and that truly makes I think it sets you apart from being a good EA or an EA that nobody wants to work with because it's be really difficult. Definitely. And you touched on a really good point that I just wanted to emphasize. There is this thing you know i call it a chemistry um uh, other people have other terms but when it comes to connecting with your exec you know when there's an executive and executive assistant on paper it can look good um you know the qualifications can be there but what i really feel seals the deal and really synchronizes that is having a chemistry connection and it's sometimes hard when you're interviewing with an executive to catch it right you know at first 30 hour the first 60 minutes that you're with this person sometimes you feel it you know or you want to hope to feel it um or you feel like you ask the right questions and you're getting the right responses and it and it you know it seems well but you really don't know until you're actually in the job in the role or you've known the person and so you have a really good feel for the relationship that that's that's always tough you kind of have to go with your gut instinct and go with like what your intuition is saying when it comes to partnering with an executive as well as the executive for the assistant that i mean those are all really really great points and for anybody who's looking to want to be in an ea you know, Aurora is giving some really great tips. Um, if you guys have any like questions, um, I know you guys can leave them down in the comments. They'll eventually make their way up. I'll add them in as we're talking. Um, so something that uh, I would love to hear, talk about some women, being a woman in the tech industry. I mean, you're in Amazon and Amazon has florid. I mean, not only do they deliver to my doorstep probably daily, along with everybody else in the middle mm -hmm. of COVID. Um, but the industry, their, their business has completely and totally busted all seams right now because, you know, they, they have become a necessity. Maybe not everything we buy is a necessity, but they have become a necessity, um, to keep us moving. So kind of talk about how it's like to be a woman in the tech industry, you know, right now. Sure. Um, I just want to you know let everyone know i did just join three weeks ago um i i came from eventbrite which um my 
time at Eventbrite was lovely and wonderful. And unfortunately, due to COVID, the company had to lay off 45% of the workforce back in April. So it was um, quite sad because the team is so close and it's almost like a family. And, you know, leaving that, my position was affected along with many of my team members. Um, it just kind of, as everyone knows, COVID-19 has shifted the world. So it's not only, you know, I could, it's kind of interesting because I could speak to being a woman in tech as an EA prior to COVID and then post COVID. Um, so prior to COVID, I realized that, you know, I, I, my background is quite all over the place and that was really strategic for me. You know, it wasn't, um, it was on purpose where I started, where I did, and then ended up where I'm at. And along my journey, I worked for companies such as Gap and Levi's, just really big companies, and then worked for smaller startup companies such as Civic Technologies and Symphony Commerce, which was acquired to, you know, Eventbrite. And in that journey, I would say that there's a lot of interesting facets. One is, you know, women in tech, there's already that, that gender role is already, you know, different. There's quite a few more men in tech than there are women. And then um, there's quite a few more young, younger, younger people, you know, which is also a different dynamic than it was maybe 20 years ago. And so then being able to navigate through, you know, the millennials versus the older generation, the baby boomers, and maybe the us in between generation X, and knowing that, you know, there is like, everyone does speak a different language and being able to learn how to accommodate and learn how to listen. And then, you know, perhaps even provide feedback, being able to receive feedback to be able to do what you need to do in your job and, you know, allow support to happen for other folks as well. Um, it's sometimes difficult and lonely because, you know, the job, some of the jobs, which I'm sure other EAs and office managers have experienced that, you know, when you're working for a smaller company, smaller tech firm, you're kind of wearing a bunch of hats all at once. You know, you're the recruiter, you're the welcome committee, you're the office manager, you're the executive to two co-founders, and then you're doing all the other stuff that, you know, maybe you could hire TaskRabbit to do or Postmates to do, but because the company is small and people want to be mindful of budget you take that on and you know then it and then it's by yourself and um when starting off small as well you don't have that many other employees to be able to like bounce off ideas with and so then it means for me at least to step into communities that are basically in the same boat as i'm in so i remember i jumped into an organization called org org I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, I love it. It was, and it's still around. It's geared for startups, tech businesses, and um, tech the tech industry. And they focus on just being a community for EAs and office managers and being able to just ask simple questions from, hey, where can I find a really great sit-stand desk? You know, I'm trying to buy 20 for my team. To, mm -hmm. you know, there's a property being leased across the street from Twitter, um, you know, does anybody know of any, you know, know the person who might be leasing it or things of that. And it's just like this big group that comes together. I realized that became a community for me. Mm -hmm. And um, another community that I felt was incredibly well 
and worked good for me during this time is being, you know, a woman in tech and working through different, working with different companies is LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn has an, a plethora of resources, many organizations. At the time I was supporting a CEO. And so just that was new for me and wanting to be able to get as many tips and tricks and best practices that I could. And so reaching out to different organizations, I'm being bold even to just reaching out and networking, you know, directly with getting connected with folks that are like-minded, like industries and, you know, similar titles. All of that I felt um, has helped me navigate through the tech industry. And, and it, and it's, it's a fast paced industry. So it's really, you have to be really quick. You have to be really thoughtful. And there's a lot of ambiguity, ambiguity to work with. So there's just um, that mindset too of, you know, being an EA tends to be like everything needs to be perfect and done and well, and you know, just, you know, all eyes dotted and T's crossed. And it's just, sometimes you can't do that and you have to kind of work with what you have. And so coming forward, fast forwarding to, Amazon. Um, I've been, I think, three weeks in right now. I'm finishing up my third week, and I'm. I love it. I. I. What I like about the company, and I. I. I think it's great that you know companies do this, is they have just the opportunity for growth, the opportunity to take your position and expand it as how, where you want to go and how you want to go. Um, the company really encourages, you know, staying within the company and transferring and learning different parts of the business. Um, I'm within Alexa Auto. And so there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of it's confidential right now, but there's just a lot of really great um, opportunities that the company is looking at doing for us to better the way that we just you know um, handle the automotive industry in general and how we use it as users drive it being a driver in, in vehicles it's just some incredible technology that they're they're thinking and um, I what the, I'd say another major point from just working in the tech industry is not losing sight of you know why you're there and I feel like understanding that for me my personal mission is because I really want to help people I really want to support people and I really want I believe that the exact the success of my executive is part my contribution and when I take that kind of ownership I feel like then you know it just it's meaningful and you're able to excel and, and you're able to grow and you're able just to see behind it being a day job. Cause I feel like there, for me, there needs to be more than just, you know, checking off a box, getting a paycheck. I have to be passionate about what I'm doing and it has to resonate with me. Well, um, from sitting over here, you definitely sound very passionate. Um, <laughs> I, I love, like, seriously, it's to hear somebody really talk about a job that way. Like, you can see your passion and your love for it, um, which is great because, you know, it's hard to decipher right now between the people who are just looking for a job because they need the paycheck and the people who really want a job that eventually turns into a career. And the fact that, you know, I totally understand Eventbrite. I actually used to be in the event world. So mm -hmm. I know Eventbrite is taking a huge hit because frankly there's no events i mean that's what the company is supposed to do um and then in terms with you and amazon i mean amazon's 
you know, they're like, hey, we want you here. We want to keep you here. We want to grow you within our company. I mean, that is how you make, like you talked about baby boomers. And a lot of the time, our grandparents' age, our parents' age, you know, they stayed with one job. Once they had a job, they were there until they retired. They had 30, 40 years in a job and you don't get that very often. So the fact that Amazon is actually promotes that and says, hey, we will grow you wherever you want to go in this company. Like, but we want it, we want you to stay here with us. We want you to make it a career. So, you know, you can retire in 20, 30 years and be like, hey, you know, I was there. You actually had a career somewhere because it doesn't happen very often. It's, like, you know, 18 months to two years is the typical standard for people jumping ship. You know, and it's because they're looking for something new. They're looking for growth. They're looking for more money. So, you know, I I give Amazon, besides the fact that I give them my money, um, I give them a two thumbs up for um, continuing to grow the people that are there and, you know, want to keep them there. Because that is that is a great, that's a great feeling, especially if you're trying to put some roots down somewhere and stay somewhere. And like you said, and have a family somewhere. For sure. And I think that I think due to COVID, um, just as a as a consumer of Amazon, I've noticed just the need for it. You know, um, I am a consumer anyway, but I found myself leaning on Amazon so much more, you know, like Mm -hmm. and I then started just having, you know, the grocery deliveries. I then started having more of the items that I would buy at a Target or I would go to a Home Depot for. I just Mm -hmm. ended up, you know, putting it all on Amazon. And um, I realized how amazing of a company it is to have in this day and age with COVID. And then also, you know, being let go, answering that part two of your question and what's it like just being, you know, an EA and then post-COVID, Interviewing during COVID, if you'd like, we can talk about that later too. But that was quite a challenge. And I did learn a lot that I didn't think about um, during COVID. And then, and we're still in it. And then uh, basically being able to work towards getting an offer during COVID is much more tricky than I think before COVID. And, um, you know, how do you then set yourself up for you have a job, you know, essentially who I feel, especially for EAs starting during um, COVID, they're essentially like virtual assistants, you know, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not in the office, we're not doing the in the office things, everything is remote. And then everything is also, um, you know, new. So then it's kind of doing almost double the, the work, the planning and learning the job, but then also learning how to do the things you would do at an office remote. And, um, and so that's been that's, it's three weeks. in. I feel that a company that is able to set up people to work remote, have a much better, um, you know, like kickoff than maybe those that don't or that are still struggling to get there. Mm-hmm. But I would say that um, having the basics with you, you know, a computer, a laptop, if you can, a desk, a monitor and things like that can only elevate your ability to feel successful as, you know, people are getting jobs, EAs are getting jobs with during COVID and not being able to go into the office and work directly with their exec. It's a new hat you guys are putting on. 
You're like, well, we wanted to work from home originally. Now we really get to work from home. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a question here. So Gabrielle is asking, she wants to know what a typical day looks like for you. Um, now as an EA, um, I'm assuming your commute is a lot shorter these days. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It's 12 stairs. <laughs> so um, why don't you just give us a quick rundown on what the day now looks like for you? Okay. Um, so it's both similar was it was with Eventbrite while I was working remote and, and, um, now with Amazon, um, my day, well, it's kind of nice because, you know, as long as you're connecting with your execs, you could create a bit of a start time or a bit of an end time just so that people know parameters. Um, but you know, in the morning I wake up and, um, I'll get ready. I walk my dogs. It just gives me a time to clear my mind and then they get some exercise I'm back, I'll make my coffee, and then I literally come down my stairs and I go into my office and I start working. And so work for me now consists of a lot of onboarding. Um, so I am actively going in. Um, we have our own internal like Zoom system, it's called Chime. So we'll go into Chime, we will then, you know, I'll meet with the people that I need to meet with, whether they're people that are helping me onboard daily or people that I'm meeting brand new that are on the team from, you know, my execs direct reports to other EAs under the org that I work under that, you know, I'm just making these connections. I'm also hopping into my manager's meetings as well. I want to be able to learn the business. So in doing that, I sit in on meetings and when I don't understand, I realize the owner of that meeting is who I need to meet with to ask about, you know, what, what is this? What are we talking about? What's the goal? And, you know, essentially, why are we having this meeting? And what should I be looking for when me as a, particip a participant is, you know, involved? Being mm -hmm. a new person, you know, it's great to ask these questions to be able to build that foundation. I told my manager straight up that, you know, I really want to create my onboarding to be something that really solidifies my foundation because I could see it's an incredibly fast paced, you know, division that I'm in and um, everything moves at the speed of light and I want to be prepared and I want to be have that support. And for me to do that, I need to create that space in my day to do that. So whether it's training online, which, you know, the company's so big and, and so they have so many resources. And um, so being able to tap into those resources and learn and get educated, not be afraid to ask the questions, not be afraid to reach out to people I've never met before and ask them for a quick 30 minute meet and greet to learn, you know, what do they do and how can what they do impact my role, you know, through best practices, tips and tricks, anything. Um, I just, I'm treating myself like a sponge right now. And, um, I also have like my day job, meaning, you know, I still have to check my email. I think my first day when I finally logged in, I had like 80 unread messages. I know day one and I'm like, okay, like we are going. So you know, being able to understand, you know, who are these people and you know, how, like, what do I, what do they need from me? And, um, being able to answer them. And so, you know, I feel so far that I'm getting the hang of it. You know, my boss is like, are you getting those feet? You know, are they growing underneath the water? And I'm like, yeah, they are. And just being at a place where, um, you know, he can also know because we've been communicated to, you know, 
not just bring everything to me yet. Like I'm not there yet. So to hang tight. And he, he even encouraged me today and saying, Hey, you know, I really want you to build that foundation. Um, you know, I'm holding back. And I said, great, continue to. And then as I continue to grow, I, I'll be able to tell him, Hey, I'm taking on more. Hey, like give me a little bit more and we can keep then growing. Cause whether I'm in a meeting or whether I'm in a one-on-one -on -one or whether I'm just emailing, I'm learning. I'm understanding the business more. I'm seeing like, you know, what questions I can ask. And then I'm taking a lot of notes, just old school pen and paper, writing things down and going back to it when I need to, when I'm, you know, in, in meetings. So that's pretty much my day right now. And it's a little bit crazy. So I'll probably start, I start like roughly around between nine and 10 and I end about eight. And right now my kids are not home. So they're all like, some are visiting grandma, some are out visiting family. And so it's a great time for me to have this transition. And it's just my husband and I, and he's been incredibly supportive. So I'm able to work long hours, but that's not my plan, you know? And I've told everyone, everyone that I, you know, as soon as I'm onboarded, I'm feeling good. I'm giving myself three, six months to just for that first stage. I I, I want to go to have, you know, a more balanced, like, daytime, you know, like a nine to five, nine to six or eight to five, just something that kind of, no, I can close my laptop and call it a day. No, that's, well, and putting down, uh, putting down boundaries, I mean, is a good place to start and like sure. letting them know. And the fact that he is like, no, I'm not, I'm not just going to throw everything at you, you know, all at once because he wants you to succeed just like the job that you do, you know, allows him to succeed. And so yeah. you have that partnership and you guys are able to work together to be like, okay, when she is ready, you know, and I'm going to, you know, he's probably going to keep asking. He's like, okay, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? And, and yeah. you're like, okay, one more day, one more day. And you're like, okay, you can throw it at me now. You know, yeah. and before you know it, he's like not asking you anything because everything's literally on your plate and you got it. But right. that sounds like, he sounds like a really good, you know, manager and boss to have, you know, and director, you know, just yeah. because he's taking those steps with you and he's taking that time and not just like, well, let's see how much she can do and let's just throw it all in her at once. Right. You know? I um, mean, and then, you know, Michelle, the thing that I did, which I don't think I've done this before, but I did tell him, I think maybe during COVID, I kind of realized like this is a lot and it's different and it's new. And I do feel like I'm a quick learner, but I want to give myself the runway is that mm -hmm. just telling him straight up, you know, say, Hey, like, you know, I received all the packets that, you know, are called my onboarding. And now it's up to me on how I want to decipher how I get through it. And I just think the key here, you know, you, you mentioned it too, is just being able to communicate. And I think sometimes as EAs or just as, you know, subordinates, people that have, you know, managers, it's hard to just say what we need because there might be, you know, a tendency to hold back for X, Y, and Z. But being okay and feeling confident, you know, hey, they hired you, they see that you're competent. So with that confidence, be able to speak up and say what you need. And then if you're able to speak up and say what you need, give the boundaries or provide the feedback, provide the thoughts 
then at that point, you know, the executive has the opportunity to, or the, your manager has an opportunity to be like, great, I like that idea. Or, you know, there's a compromise. Well, how about, and then you find a middle somewhere. But I think sometimes we tend to, you know, lose that as we're in our, you know, in our roles, especially if they're new or because of circumstances or other things going on in our lives where we need to kind of think a little bit more, be thoughtful in what we need and then be mindful to speak it out. Because we deserve it. That's what's going to keep us going. That's what's going to make us successful. And that's in turn going to make them successful. Well, and I, and I totally 100% agree with you. Um, and I, I'm guessing that a lot of that's come with time. The fact that you've been in this role, you feel very confident in this role. So even though this particular job is new, the role itself is not new. And it's like, you know, you, your expertise runs in running the company my expertise falls right here. Like, mm -hmm. you know, with 110% that I am not going to steer you wrong. So let me have the reins. And it's like, you stay over there, you do your stuff and I'll stay over here. And I got this because you know, because that, that's why they hired you. Right. You know, you got it. So, right. you know, I, I totally agree with you. Um, Here's a fun little one. I want you to tell me what your favorite memory of being an EA is. From all your years of experience, what has been one of your most favorite things, favorite person, favorite activity? What is your most favorite, favorite thing that just jumps out at you? Yeah. Well, first of all, favorite person, hands down, you guys can Google him. He's on LinkedIn. Is Steve Roman. R -O -U -M -A -N. Huh? What's his last name? Roman, R-O-U-M-A-N. It's probably going to kill you, but he is—he was my executive for about eight, eight, nine years. Um, and you know, I was with him at the Gap, and then transitioned with him when he took a new role at Levi's. He asked me to go with him. Um, we had become good friends throughout our time together there, and as well as you know, Gap for some reason just had and I'm sure still does, the ability to build friendship and connection. And um, they're also a very large company, so they have many resources as well. And um, there was just a lot of support there. And so um, definitely favorite person. You know, there's always runner-ups, um, but he's like the top. And, um, you know, his family, we're still um, we're still connected. We're so close. Uh, love his wife and his kids. It's just been like an, an honestly we've been an extension to each other um and I feel like that made work a lot of fun you know you're kind of going in you're working with a friend for a friend you know you care about your friend and you know you want to see this person succeed you want to succeed and so you know gaps seem to have for me built that type of environment the type of energy around it so it was really fun coming to work every day. Um, and we planned so many events. I was on the real estate team there, um, the global real estate team. And I'd say one event that we did was an offsite for three days. And it was in, it's either in Dallas or San Antonio. I can't remember one or the other, one of those places in, in this. And it had to do a three-day offsite. You know, we were going to do a tour of all our stores. Um, you know, which consists of Old Navy, Athleta, Gap, all of them, and Banana Republic. And then my executive wanted to do a fun outing, and so I just, you know, I'm with a bunch of people, um, all age ranges, from like 
you know, maybe like mid twenties to maybe like mid fifties. And I decided to take everybody to, oh no, you know what? It wasn't Texas. Sorry. It was Orlando. Orlando. That's where it was. Because we went to. Um, There's two really big states. I get them. Oh, no, that's not what I meant though. Because we've done, we've done so many. We've been to two. <laughs> But um, it was Universal Studios. We, I took the whole gang out there. I think there's about 50 of us. And we ran through that amusement park for like the back half of the day and had a wonderful time. So um, yeah, I'd never, I'd never gone to an amusement park with coworkers. And I have to say it was like, it was super fun. So, I mean, I plan good events. I just have to tell you. I know you're a good planner too, so I'm sure if the two of us got together to do something, it'd be wild. I was just going to say that. I was like, hey, so um, let's, let's put something together. I'm, I'm, I'm an event. I mean, I plan them by nature. I plan them naturally. My kids, like, you know, birthday parties for them, they're just like, well, my mom throws big birthday parties. What does your mom do? And I'm like, sorry. Yeah, I know. I don't do the birthday parties that well, but I do, I, do, I, do trips. I do trips. So I'll, I make it up by taking them on trips. Okay. I'll go, I'll go to your trips. You come to my events or something like that. We'll switch. I love that. Let's do okay. it. Um, so we've probably got a few people on here that are looking to become EAs. Yeah. What would you give them? Um, they're wanting to become EAs. What do you, what would you tell them right now is the best way to get started? How they have, let's just say they have no experience. You know, they may have worked retail. Um, maybe they're just getting out of college. What would you tell them right now? Yes. First, I would say this is my genuine, my heart, like thoughts coming out. One I would say is find a mentor. I, I, I mean, I'm 20 years into being an EA and I just asked in at our work, we have, there's a program and I just requested a mentor. I don't feel that in life you're ever so far deep into, you know, and very wise into your craft where you can't have someone else bring in their knowledge and teach, you know, and I feel like that's important. So for someone who's new, especially for sure, find a mentor, find a community where someone is willing to give their time. And, you know, usually EAs are really busy. So even if it means finding a handful of mentors so that you're not just bombarding, you know, one person, there's plenty of people you can kind of like balance that out with um, is huge. I would also say find someone to um, whether, you know, I know there are resources online, whether there's someone you know who is in the recruiting industry or, you know, um, in that area and have someone, maybe even more than one person, look over your resume. I think that's critical. Um, there's just all these key points that, you know, I've heard of and I, I know exist. Like one that I heard of, and this was a while ago, and I don't know how it's done, but for example, if you submit a resume through um, a particular software, like Taleo, as an example. Mm -hmm. I understand that Taleo is, you know, it's a software, it's not a person, so they're looking for certain words in the resume. And if they don't see them, but yet you're incredibly qualified, it'll just kind of move you to the side. So finding someone who knows those types of things mm -hmm. and who okay. can either, you know, one person suggested to think of all the words that would fit in, you know, your um, experience mm -hmm. and they're not all going to fit in your resume, but to put them on your resume uh, somewhere on the bottom, somewhere where it's not seen and 
basically highlight the entire text so that it reads white. So when you print it, you don't see anything. But as it goes through the software, <laughs> you recognize the wording. Yeah. I mean, Every, you know, it's not just EAs. Everyone's like, I'm doing that hack down here. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, and I mean, I, I'm just saying this was a while ago, so I don't know like what's what's different or what's new, but I'm just saying that I believe that there are a lot of great hacks, you know, that people can um, really provide someone who's new. And mm -hmm. at least the goal is to get somebody, get your resume in front of the hiring manager or the hiring recruiter. That's, mm -hmm. that's very key. Um, I'd also say I've used it and I'm not even like, uh, you know, I'm not even a sponsor of LinkedIn, but I just really love the product. I believe in it. Um, I've been a member for so long and I've met so many people through it that I didn't know before, but using LinkedIn as a true networking professional, mm -hmm. you know, space, um, in doing that, you can see who you know and who they're connected to and then being able to ask for an introduction, being able to just reach out, you know, to that person directly, um, I think is great because then if there's a role that you see, you know, that you're interested in, you can, um, request like an informal, you know, quick 15 minute chat you can ask you know boldly if you'd like for them to refer you there's so many things that pe so many people are willing to help people you know especially when in the same industry understanding covid um and what's been happening to the econ economy due to that like i wherever one can reach out within linkedin i would say definitely go for it and then um i'd say the last thing would be when you know new or, or young in your career trying to look into this is being open to um really volunteering if it's possible you know mm -hmm. i think that's like a great way to get in um that really shows that you're interested usually when people are able to volunteer somewhere in a in an area where they're passionate about or where their interest lies and you build that rapport two things usually come out of it they open they create a job for you or they are connected and they want to see you succeed so then they put you in front of people that are looking mm -hmm. and so that's um i'd say that's another really great um avenue I, I've, I've done that before and it's it's been valuable to me I've, I've heard that about the volunteering about finding different organizations that you can actually help because so many people actually reach out and volunteer and you actually don't know their walks of life when they're volunteering. So you literally could be standing next to a CEO and, you know, maybe you volunteer once a month at the same place mm -hmm. and you literally, you know, you strike up this conversation, this, you know, relationship and, you know, you eventually find out that, you know, like oh hey what do you do yeah. um, you know and so volunteering is definitely not only is it good for your soul and good for people around you um but it's also another way to connect and you're giving back at the same time so i yeah. totally i'm a big like i any i was with a company and the first option i got i was like how can i help with stuffing backpacks and how can I help with making blankets? And I was down there, you know, literally doing all this stuff. And I had no, I barely knew anybody in the company, but I had free time and I was making myself useful and, but it felt so good. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. um, 
quick one. What are the e what is one or two of the easiest challenges of being the easiest things about being an EA? And what's one of the hardest things about being an EA? And you can do a quick like hardest thing pre-COVID, hardest thing pro or sure COVID, during COVID, we're during. Um yeah. what was the easiest challenge of, you know, and just like quick things. Sure. Um, easy things about being an EA. Um, well, for me, because I'm a bit of an extrovert, you know, being able to connect with people, um, being able to, you know, um, I think the easy stuff is also being able to do for me event planning and, you know, um, team building, those were fun and easy being able to, you know, connect with people when it comes to supporting my exact project. Those are kind of things for me that are easy and fun because I appreciate those. Um, I'd say the most difficult are difficult people. I think that's the most challenging. Okay. When, you know, the executive is a difficult person, has a difficult personality, or when, you know, um, key stakeholders have difficult personalities, um, or when there's just people on the team that are incredibly difficult. Um, it just makes the job hard because part of a part of our role as an EA, or I, I know it's been for me, is to navigate, help navigate, help you know, connect, help bring light to a certain issue without bringing light to a certain issue, you know, helping executives see their blind spots without telling them you're helping them see their blind spot, you know, helping them, you know, try to communicate better with their team and, you know, they struggle with that. And so finding workarounds, like that's challenging because, you know, you it's really being crafty with your words. It's being crafty with your tone, crafty, you know, I'm an emotional person too. So then like being mindful on you know how much emotion to give, how much emotion to retain, because, you know, you don't want to be too harsh and then you don't want to be too, you know, I guess passive. And it's, so it's finding, it's just really finding that balance is sometimes so hard and you know I can't say that there hasn't been times in my life where I haven't shed a tear over it because I have you know it's like it's 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 difficult and um people that are struggling in some capacity you know unfortunately bring those difficulties and and makes it just hard to do what you have to do but um it's it, I think it's an art in trying to like unravel that and, you know, basically get it all untangled and finding, you know, like some serenity in making the connections or in building bridges or whatever needs to be done. And it's not always like pretty and boxed up in a nice bow. Sometimes, you know, it's a little bumpy along the way, but I feel like as long as people really come in with the intent that, you know, they mean well and that there's good from all aspects. Um, people are bound then to, you know, get somewhere with it. And sometimes somewhere just means, you know, it, there's an end and that's okay too. But I'd say that it's um, difficult people made, has made, I'd say it's my biggest ch difficult challenge as an EA. I, I totally, I, I feel like you and I have a very like kindred spirit. Like we have a lot of the same personality. We're, we're bubbly and we're inviting and we're always friendly to people. And we always have, I, I assume you always have a smile on your face, probably even at eight o'clock in the morning when you really didn't want to get out of bed and you really didn't want to commute to work that day. 
but I have a funny feeling you still walk into the office and you've got a smile. And so for, for our type of personalities and to have people that are, you know, they're a little bit harder, you know, on the surface and they're a little abrasive or they say stuff in certain ways and, and we react a certain way mm-hmm. because we naturally do that. I've done my fair share of, you know, shutting a tear at work. You know, it's not a fun place. It happens. But you know what? We're human. Right. You know? And um, I do have to laugh because you were talking about pen and paper. So as you've been talking, if you've said something, I've straight up like written it down because I want to make sure that like, I'm like, I want to, um, uh, I want to like, you know, uh, <laughs> write it down. So I remember what you said. I'm like, wait, I want to ask you on that. Okay. Um, anybody out there right now still has any questions? you got a few more minutes, get them in. So I can ask um, Aurora. Um, what is something else that, um, you know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about the fact that you are right now in the middle of pursuing a psychology degree while you're being an EA. So while we're kind of hopefully waiting for some questions to come in, why don't you kind of tell me about that? Cause that's, that's an interesting correlation. Yeah. You know, the truth is, is that I have always had a passion for psychology. Um, one of my hobbies is music and I had always thought about putting the two together. Um, and I, I remember early on, you know, like in high school thinking about what would that look like and um, time went on many years went on and then you know came to a place where just had gotten laid off from eventbrite was you know i wanted to be mindful about my next move and and as much as i could because i know at the end of the day you know we all need to pay our bills and so but i was hoping to be able to find a place where i would be passionate about and in doing that i'm a person that needs to be moving that needs to be thinking like when I got laid off and I literally had no more work, I still gave myself a schedule. Like I still woke up really early. I still showered, changed, got ready. And then I started working on projects in the house. Like I painted a mural behind my bird's cage. You know, now he's can like, he's an African gray and now he's got African grays all around him, you know, and it's really pretty. And like, you know, I started thinking about cleaning out every closet. I know people were talking about it, but I really did. I like cleaned out every closet. I organized. And, and then as I realized that, you know, more and more I was finding like projects to do, but then, you know, and I couldn't spend too much money on the stuff that I really wanted to do. So I was being mindful about that. I had, you know, realized like I need to do something else. Like what can I do to challenge my brain? And I had always envisioned, I never, I never formally graduated with a bachelor's degree. And so, and I really wanted that. And, you know, my husband has and, you know, our kids are one, you know, already has and the next one's now coming up and it's like, you know, I want to, they're doing it in my mind. I'm thinking I want to do it too. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think now's the time, you know, everyone's, everyone in our household is older. And so like, there's that opportunity then to put a little bit more time on, you know, on myself. And, um, it's exciting to think about just being, you know, I have what we, you know, I call it the nerd wall on our, on, in our house where everybody's diploma goes up and it's just like, I want to see my, I want to see my name on the nerd wall. And I just think it's a personal goal. There's nothing essentially affiliated with it. Psychology to me 
is really cool because, um, you know, it really helps me to understand people even more. I mean, people are who I work with, you know, I'm people are who I live with people are who I see on the street, whether masked or not, you know, and so it's like, how, how can I understand you better? How can I communicate with you better? How can I, you know, maybe put some pieces, you know, put some pieces together to, provide empathy from, from me to you or to, you know, whatever, it, whatever that may be. I feel like it's just great to have that knowledge in whatever field one is in. Um, and, you know, my friends, um, specifically one of my best friends, you know, he, he asked me, he was like, are you, you know, what are you going to do? He's like, are you going to be, you know, uh, are you going to become a therapist? And I, and I thought, you know, I don't know. It's always been kind of a thing, you know. One, I believe in therapy. And two, I think everybody should go, whether you think you're you're feeling good about your life or whether you are not in a great place. I mean, it's there. It's, you know, it's for behavioral health. It's to learn how to um, help your mental health. It's part of our physical health. It's part of our psychological health. It all, you know, connects together. Um, the brain is like, you know, so unique. And so um, there's so much mystery behind it that it's good to have someone there to lean on, you know, who can provide guidance, can provide an ear, can provide, be a resource. And um, I, I love it. I love it. I've been going for years. I think it's great. And I encourage everyone to. And, you know, especially with everything that we're going through in today's world. I mean, it's crazy, you know, just due to just the um, what's happening with social justice issues to what's happening with, you know, gender issues, um, just what the LGBTQ community goes through. It's like, there's just, you know, people of color are going through. There's just so much that mm -hmm. there needs to be a place where someone can go and, and have like safe conversations and, you know, just feel empowered. And so um, I thought about it. I'm thinking about it. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, you know, how that's going to unfold. Um, but it's definitely something that, you know, I'm thinking about doing. I love being an EA, so it would have to really be like a deliberate, a genuine, like this is what I'm gonna do. Um, mm -hmm. right now for me today is a goal. It's a personal goal and um, you know, I'm two years away from it. And so I thought, why not? My younger sister, she's 11 years younger than me and she's um, going for it. And I thought, you know what? She's doing it too. She's got littler kids. She's doing it too. And I'm like, I think it's time. And so COVID is what sprung me into school. And then, you know, I didn't know when I was going to get a new job. And then like two months later, you know, I get a new job and I'm realizing, oh my gosh, this is a lot. And so I, I asked my husband yesterday, I'm like, okay, I'm like, is it, is school just going to be a lot? Or is it just hard right now? Because, you know, I'm starting a new job and we're like, we're actually, I'm also project managing the building of our decks. That's like a year and a half in the making. And I've never project managed any building anything. So I'm doing a whole extra side of research. And that's like a whole extra project on the weekends. But um, I asked him and he was like, no, it's just going to be hard. So I think just having that in my head, like, hey, school's going to be hard. But I have the support of my kids, the support of my husband. And I, you know, my extended family, I feel like, with that, I'm going to get through it. And hopefully two years from now, Michelle will be calling you up and saying, <laughs> okay, let's, 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 let's uh, talk this one out.
Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. That will be over our event while vacationing in Florida that we planned. We're going to tell us we have a psych foul um, going on. I totally agree with you on mental health, um, especially right now. Um, I'm an advocate for it um, for all ages, whether you think you're great or you're just in a bad spot. Um, I, I totally voice my same thing. Everything that you just said, I think it's you, you get, you have given over the last 55 minutes, some really great tips, um, some really great advice. Um, It's nice to see somebody who's actually been in the industry for a while, um, who understands the industry and really you know, you're nice and frank and very raw with us. So I really want to thank you for taking the time out today um, to talk to us and to talk to Chasing Unicorns. Um, And I think if there's one piece of advice that you want to give the audience, um, and then also, are they able to reach out to you via LinkedIn? um, Yeah, um, reach out to me via LinkedIn. Um, Like work's a little crazy, so now it's going to take a little bit to get back to you. And then um, let me know that you um, that you know of me through um, chasing unicorns. And then I would love to share my email address with you. And then you know, um, be a resource. Um, you know, I feel like empowering empowering women, men, young women, young men, and seeing them grow and flourish into the career that they want. Um, I think is vital. People of color as well, you know, like wanting to be a support there too. Um, and however I can help, you know, I'd like to. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Um, I look forward to picking your brain randomly and planning our um, events. Um, post-COVID. So everybody out there um, watching me, it was my first time. So hopefully it was a good job. And everyone else. Before we leave, we should close out the two truths and a lie. Oh, shoot. Our two truths and a lie. Okay. Uh, No one guessed. So I'm going to go with it was the country one. (laughs) Okay. So I think now I can't even remember what I said. Let me look. Right Did so, you write it down on your on your paper? I, I put it on my phone. I asked my sister. I'm like, what do you think about these? Um, oh God, so, yeah, I said I traveled to 20 countries. You're right. You so you're thinking that that one was a lie? Yes, true. I traveled to 15. Oh yay! Okay, so I, I got it. It's I think I think you and I are gonna have a beautiful friendship. I agree. I agree. I'm so glad we met. I am too. Okay. Um, I assume they're going to sign us off somehow. He didn't go. (laughs) I'm assuming so too. I can also close my laptop. (laughs) We're like, bye. (laughs) Well, thank you for tuning in to Chasing Unicorns and we will catch you next time here on Chasing Unicorns Live. Have a great evening, everybody. Bye. Bye.